Boker Tov, sorry, I don't have much time and there's a lot to go through today. Sefer Shemuel Aleph, today may be the last class if we finish, otherwise we finish tomorrow. I want to bring up a few points. Do you remember what happened yesterday in the class? We did talk about the, the, the suicide and how it's allowed and not allowed. Okay, good. That's one topic of discussion. Uh, first, first, um, the fact that he fell on his sword. That can be answered with a very interesting comparison. Do you know there was... Uh, the, the question is, whenever Shaul sees that the Morim, that the archers are after him, what is the word it uses to describe his reaction? Vayahel me'od me'amorim. Good. So what does the word Vayahel mean? Terrified. He was terrified, Correct. Now, if he's terrified, okay, so he's very scared he's going to die. So what does he do instead? He commits suicide. He commits suicide. Now, if you interpret it like that, then there's a big question. Like, he was scared of the Morim, so he committed suicide. Is that even allowed? So there is another interpretation where if you look at Milachim Aleph, chapter 22, verse 34, there is the case of Achav. And Achav, his end... Achav HaRashah? Yeah, Achav HaRashah, the king. The husband of Izebel, right? So he died in a very similar way to Shaul. Where he was standing, he was watching the war from his window. And then the archers saw him and they shot him. And they caught him in the rib and they killed him. And what does it say there? I'll read you the pasuk. Someone pulled the arrow without even like thinking too much. He, he pulled the, the bow. And he hit the king of Israel, Achav, between his armory. Take me out of the camp, for I have become hacholeti. Like the word sick, meaning I'm, I'm nearing death. Take me out of the camp because I'm dying. Meaning the word Vayahel could also mean that Shaul, it wasn't that he was scared, but it was that he was struck and he was in the process of dying. He's already injured? He was already injured. So maybe there's a way to say that it's more lenient, he the fact like that he was already dying. dying. He, was a, he was a thing. Uh, he was already considered met. He was considered like met and like for him to, to stab himself wasn't even a slow death. It was for the sake of his kavod and for the sake of not have, letting the arelim enjoy themselves and uh, by mutilating him, he, yeah. he killed himself. Okay? So he knew that his end was coming. He knew the... And he knew, and the, he knew the the Shimuel's prophecy already. Yeah, so, so, so therefore he did it so they wouldn't uh, take him captive and pray and make a chul Hashem and say, oh, we got the king. Right. Got the king. So the, that may be an answer because the biggest problem was if he's just scared of the archers and he kills himself because he's scared of them, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't suffice. But if he's already dying and he's just speeding up his own death, then maybe it's, you know, it's okay. It would be the equivalent, Mike, of like um, brainstem death. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, he's already considered dead. Yeah, brainstem is more dead than that. I'm just giving an example of how, like, uh, he 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 thought he was as good as dead. So at this point, I was thinking maybe if you think of it as a terafah, you know, if you kill terafah, you're not you're you're not chayav. If you kill a terafah because he's already dying, yeah, something like that. Similar. Okay. Uh, now there's a very interesting thing. Um, do you know we've studied before another case in which some character in in actually this book of Shofetim 
I just came across this in this book, in the Amnon Bazak book. Uh, some character from Sefer Shofetim asked his servant to kill him. Do you know who it is? In what Sefer? Shofetim? In Sefer Shofetim, which we studied together. Um. Okay, so you could look at Shofetim 9, verse 54. But there, Avimelech, the son of Gidon, um. when he was on his reign of terror, remember there was a woman who took a rock from the, from the tower? Oh, he already... And Ooh, threw it at him and, 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 and killed him, yeah, and, and, and it hit him. And then he said, "I don't want to die from the woman." So he uh, told the servant to kill him. Now, in that case, the servant killed him readily. Now, what ha- what does the servant say in the case of Shaul? The servant refuses. Mm. Okay, he says uh, he says no. So ultimately, <laughs> why uh, though? No, it, it just goes to show that Shaul was a much more beloved character than Avimelech. Avimelech had a reign of terror, people didn't like him. Shaul was a beloved character, and his servants liked him. They didn't want, nobody wanted him to die. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now, that was uh, some of the, the, the interesting insights. Um, how do you see Shaul at the end of his life? So I think the idea, maybe a Nebuch, but also a little bit, no, not a coward. The opposite, actually. At the end of his life, it seems like Shaul was actually like a hero, a quasi-hero. Because what could he have done the second he heard Shemuel's prophecy? What could he have done the second the witch of Endor told him that he's going to die? Kill himself then? No, he could have run away. away. He could have run away. He could have run away. He could have forsaken Israel. But he goes out to battle knowing full well that this is his end because that's his duty to his people. So there's there's a tragic end. There's a tragic end, you know. Maybe you could say, if you want to go out on a limb, that he, he kind of like, by dying here, he kind of killed that, that, that manic side of himself that was like his only problem, which was the fact that he had this split personality. And he finally gets rid of that side. Obviously, it comes at, his, at the cost of his own life. But, there is a, but, but he ends up, it's a tragic story, but he ends up like a hero because he didn't forsake Am Israel, And he tried his best to fulfill his duties at the end. Okay? Uh, let's go back to the Pesukim now. Um, so we did Pasuk Vav Shaul and the three sons died And all of Israel saw That they uh, That they had lost the war So that they also left the cities And who occupied the cities So this is one more significant thing actually I want to point out That the fact that the Pelishtim are coming And are occupying Jewish cities We've seen that before We've seen the opposite before In the days of Shemuel I'm reading Pasuk uh, ch- chapter 7 Verses 13 and 14 From Shemuel Aleph From our book But he yad Adonai B'Pelishtim Kol Yeme Shemuel God's hand was Against the Pelishtim All the days of Shemuel But Tashovna Chapter 7 Verses 13 and 14 But Tashovna He'arim Asher Pelishtim Me'et Israel Israel And the cities That the Pelishtim Took from Am Israel Returned to the hands Of Am Israel In the days of Shemuel Now if by the end of Shaul's life, the Pelishtim are taking cities from Israel, cities that Shemuel probably got from the Pelishtim. We see that ultimately, despite Shaul's uh, heroics at the end of his life, the, his kingship was a failure, which is why he wasn't able to continue. Because this most basic duty of protecting Am Israel and keeping the gains that Shemuel got against the Pelishtim, Shaul did not succeed in doing. Okay, so that was that. Pasuk uh, chet. 
So it was the next day, the Pelishim came to take off the jewels and the, and the, whatever they could, not the jewels, but like the clothing of the corpses. What the, why would they do that in those days? For spoils. They say, oh, is this person wearing a, a, a ring? Is this person wearing a diamond? Is this person wearing armory that's expensive? Let me get his sword, this, that. So they came to go to, to take off all of the spoils from the corpses. And they found Shaul and his three sons had fallen in Har HaGilboa. They cut Shaul's head and they took off his clothes. And they sent these things, his head and his body, they sent it around to the cities of the Pelishtim to bring good news to the house of their, of their Avodah Zarah and to the people. So they went on a tour parading Shaul and, you know, and the son's bodies around, uh, celebrating the victory over Israel. They put his clothes in the house of Asharot, which is in Avodah Zarah. And they took his body and they pinned it against the wall in Bet Shan. Now where is Bet Shan? It's, I think, I think uh, in the, yeah, probably the same city. Southern region? No, Bet Shan is, I think, in the north. Bet Shan is next to the Kinar, oh, no? Above, yeah, yeah, above, above. It's, uh, it's like east of Afula. It's, it's on the Kfish Tishim. If you go all the way up on Kfish Tishim to a uh, thing, to Tiveria, you pass through Bet Shan. Or Bet She'an now it's called. Okay? So they take his body and they pin it against the wall in Bet She'an, which is, it's actually... Interesting because I don't know how the Pelishim would have gotten all the way to Bet Shean, so it could be another Bet Shean, or maybe it's Bet Shean is different from Bet Shean. Uh, but look it up. Yeah, it's near Tiberia, right south of Tiberia. So I don't know, but it doesn't seem possible that this is the city of the of the Pelishim, because the Pelishim were in the west. Okay, no need to go into that right now. They take it back to their city called Bet Shean. They pin his his uh, body against the wall. And then. The people of Yavesh Gilad, they hear what the Pelishtim did to Shaul. Now, does anybody remember who was Yavesh Gilad? Oh, Beit Shan, without an olive, that's the issue. You're saying Beit Shan is different from Beit Shan. You say Beit Shan, with an olive. Yeah, it could be. Yavesh Gilad sounds so familiar. Yavesh Gilad sounds very familiar, huh? Go to chapter 11 in Shemuel Aleph. By the way, while we wait for you to find it, uh, in, in, in uh, Divrei Ayamim, it said they took his head, Shaul's head, and they put it in the house of Dagon. So Radak says that they actually did both. They, put his, they pinned his, his body to the wall in Bechan, in and then they pinned his head, they put it in the house of Dagon. Okay, Nachash, good. Nachash Amoni. Who did Nachash Amoni attack? Yavesh Gilad And who came to, the, to help Yavesh Gilad? Shaul got all, got all of Am Yisrael together And he defeated Nachash Amoni In order to help the people of Yavesh Gilad So the people of Yavesh Gilad are Shaul's day one clients They're, they're Shaul's best friends They're his biggest supporters And they're forever grateful to him for what he did So they hear about what they're doing to, to Shaul all the men of war went 
They walked throughout the night. They took his corpse and the corpse of his sons from the wall of Bechan and they came back to Yavish to Yavish Gilad and they burnt them there. Now why would they burn the bodies? So there are two interpretations. One is the interpretation, the more Midrashic interpretation that it didn't mean they burnt the bodies. It means it's, there's a Gemara in Masachet Avodah Zarah that says that you burn for king's death. What does it mean you burn? You burn Higher. you burn like your bed and, the, and your vessels. Okay, so you burn things for whenever a king dies to show how sad you are. You burn some of your, your vessels or some of the things that you own. Your belongings, right. So it could be that they didn't burn his body. They burnt they burnt the uh, it's, they it's burnt no garments. they burnt their own garments and their own vessels yeah as a sign of mourning that's one interpretation the oh. problem is it says they burnt him so what, what could it be the other interpretation I'll read Radak it could be that they also burnt Bissamim or something no or you could say that they actually did burn the flesh of Shaul that it had worms because they were keeping it out unopened for so long had worms. They did not want to bury with the tolaim. They did not want to bury with all the worms and everything in the, in the body. So, uh, because that wouldn't have been respectful to Shaul. So they burnt the flesh and they just buried the bones. Okay, so that could be what they did. It also says, well, let me just finish the pasuk. And they took their bones. They buried it in Yavesh under a tree, under an eshel tree. And they fasted for seven days. And that is the end of Shemuel Aleph. It says, why do we even have to hear them addressing of interpretation if you look at the next pasuk? It says they, they took their bones and buried them. No, the question is, why? the question is, of course we know that they ended up only burying the bones. But why? Did they bury the bones because the skin was... Uh, oh, you're saying, wh- how could you say that they just burnt their own vessels when, in mourning when it clearly says that they only buried the bones and must have burnt the flesh? Exactly. It's a very good question. I think, I think you win. I was about to say, it says maybe they used like a chemical to get rid of like the flesh that was... Uh, so that they wouldn't be burning was, like, it? decomposing and exposed. What's the problem with burning, with burning the flesh? Is that an isur? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's a... You have to bury the body. Um, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's something else. It's something else. It's one of the. I don't. I don't know if it's below talin either. Also. Um, so no, no. No, I. I read. I read the isur. Okay, we'll find the isur tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Lolam. Amen. Amen.